0: Psalms 51, I'm going to preach on David one more time. He's mentioned over a thousand times in the Bible. Uh, David is, so I thought we ought at least give him three sermons. And so last Sunday, night, Sunday morning I preached on the great victory against Goliath. And then Sunday night, how he slid from faith and acted like a mad, crazy dog. That's exactly what he did, and you will find out why he did that. He was scheming to stay alive. But then he gets right with God. And I wonder sometimes uh, how in the world uh, we, we, we can uh, have him in the hall of fame of faith uh, if um, he, he sins such a terrible sin of adultery, and then he got the man drunk, and he tried to cover it up in, uh, and, and by having him assassinated or killed on the front line. How could he make the hall of fame of faith? Well, I'll tell you how, because God's merciful, and number two is, He got right with God, and uh, he recovered. Saul never did, he committed suicide. By the way, um, there is a little girl that is very, very excited about having someone visit her house this afternoon, and she told me that. Yesterday I went with Miss Connie visiting, a little lady that um, said, you know, I wasn't upset when school was canceled, but I was very upset when church was canceled, and that meant her ride to church. And uh, her daddy's getting out of prison in the next few weeks. I'll so pray about that. Her mother's nowhere around. And I'm going to tell you something. This little girl has a hunger for God. And Miss Connie gave her a book, a special book, and she texts her about 8 o'clock says, I've already read two chapters, and i really, really helping me. Thank you, Miss Connie, for coming by. She didn't say a thing about me coming by, but she said, thank you, Miss Connie, for coming by. That's the kind of little girls... That we um, <clears throat> we minister to. She also said this. She said, she said. She looked at me on this one. She said, preacher, tell me about the youth department. I'm supposed to go in up to the youth department. What's that all about? Me and so and so's been talking about it. So I'm gonna tell you something, friend. These kids, these kids need to be back in our church. And I ain't going in detail, but uh, she went into detail with me at some of the things she's been through lately, and it would break your heart. And so there's an urgent need to get this thing cranked back up. Now we're going to do it safely. Uh, yesterday I went to rib and loin, and I wasn't insulted one bit by them making me wear a mask to the table. I because I knew what the food was like. Amen. And I was in a dining room all by myself. We go at three o'clock. You know that's just you know if you're scared of people, go in the off times. Amen. That's what we did. And we was all by ourselves in a big old room and had my favorite pork. And I wasn't insulted one bit with them on that door. It said, "You must wear a mask to the table." Why? Because the food's good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I hope the food's good here. Amen. Enough for you to go through a little inconvenience, and um, thank the Lord this will be over soon. I'm so glad I keep up with this. Uh, our county's turned light yellow. I knew it was yellow, but we turned light yellow means that the cases are decreasing for the last three weeks. And I've been praying for Catoosa County because they hadn't had that. And praise God, this week, they decreased. So I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I know we're not out of the wind yet. And all of you that are, you know, real suspicious or or real fearful or whatever, you're saying, no, this is going to go on forever. Well, I'm just praising God for what we can do. Amen. And when I can go to church and when I see a little lady that needs desperately to go to church and wants to go to church, we're gonna make a way. So today, the bus team will have Bible study in her front yard, right, Brother Chris? In her front yard, and that's and she's so excited about that. So put her on the list. If she's not on the list, she said they're coming by tomorrow. I don't know how she knew that, but she was so excited. So you know, let's get a hunger for the Word of God, Amen. And let's realize that it's necessary and essential to have church. Uh, Jack Treiber was in tears yesterday because he had to close down his college and his high school and his elementary school in California, and uh, I don't understand all that, and I know they run 3,000, but they were they were wearing masks between offices. I mean, that when they left their office, they wore masks, and they had them all spread out. They were doing everything they could, and they still shut them down. So you better thank God for Governor Kemp, and you better thank God for Georgia, and you better thank God you don't live in California and some of these other liberal states. Right. Yeah. Say amen. Praise God! I'm fed up with it, and I'm taking the gloves off. I ain't, I ain't holding back. Amen. That's just it. I'm gonna vote for the Bible. Say Amen right there. Amen. I'm 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 sick and tired of, of uh, people running this country, trying to run this country that hate God. Amen. We're gonna stand for God. Amen. And so I want to preach on the high cost of sin. I'm all fired up. I can preach on that. And tonight I'm gonna be preaching on uh, how to make a difference in your community. How to make a difference in your community. I wish y'all would hand out tracks. If you can't go visiting, you can at least put a, a track on a door. I wish you'd keep calling, keep sending cards. We had some people call us yesterday saying they're, they're calling. I appreciate that so much. Somebody told me this one time, and I'll get to preaching, is that you don't have to have a classroom to have a class. You can have a class on a piece of paper. In other words, you pray over your students every day, and you contact them. Now, I won't say this Sunday school teacher. I won't say this master class, you don't have to have a room to have a ministry you have a ministry those kids need to hear from you if they don't hear from you they might think forget who their teacher is amen we might ought to get somebody that cares because I believe you ought to care for your students I believe you ought to reach out to them I believe you ought to send cards I believe you ought to pray over them because I'm going to tell you something the devil is trying to kill them their testimony their family their life their sanity everything and I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them captivated by Satan. Let's have a ministry, if it's even on a piece of paper. Amen. Psalms 51. Now, got everybody mad. Maybe I'll help you become uh, encouraged in a minute. Psalms 51. Let's all stand. The Bible says, "Have mercy upon me, O God." He's confessing his sin: adultery, murder, and pride. Not in that order. Psalms 51, have mercy upon me, O God. When you confess your sin, you ought to be sincere. According to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitude of tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Can I just stop right here for a little praise? How many has been forgiven? Say amen. 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 Forgiven. You needed it, didn't you? I did too. And it says, wash me throughly from mine iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. It messed him up. Behold, I I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and sh- and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. That was possible in the Old Testament. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. That was possible in the Old Testament. And restore to me the joy of of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, and thou, thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. And listen to this now. This is key. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good into thy good pleasure and design. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shalt thou offer bullock upon thine altar. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for David's life, and thank you, Lord, as I preached last Sunday night, showing us the scars as well as the stars, showing us his down settings and even recording his terrible sin of adultery and his terrible sin of murder and his terrible sin of pride. And Lord, thank you that you show us the end of sin and show us what it cost him. But Lord, I thank you that you show us also that he got right with God, and that you forgave him. And God, he wrote a lot of the Psalms as results of it, and we thank you, dear God, for this Psalm that teaches us about true confession of sin and how we can get right with God immediately if we mean it from our heart and if we repent. And so, Lord, teach us something this morning. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You know, I heard about an old guy named Clyde, no offense to any of you Clydes, uh, out there in the backwoods of Kentucky. No offense for you that's from Kentucky. Uh, My son-in-law is from Kentucky and proud of the basketball team. Uh, But uh, he was uh, one time hunting, and he had never seen what he just about got ran over with, but he was hunting out in the back side of the woods, and he was from the back side of the woods, so it was the back side of the back side of the woods. And he got on this unusual trail where there was crosses Of wood and then there was metal rails on each side of that trail and he said I've never been on a trail like this and about that time he turned around and woo 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 this train was coming in on him and man I want to tell you something he ran and then he decided he would do something intelligent even though he was from Kentucky he got off that track he got off that track I could use this as an Alabama joke he got off this track and he shot that big old thing coming by but it's kept roaring on. So he went home, and his wife, Thelma, had bought a new tea kettle. And uh, he opened the screen door and come on in, and he had his shotgun still on his, on his side, and, that, and the tea kettle started going, woo woo woo, And he took his shotgun and blew it right off the stovetop. Thelma came in there with a fly swatter and started hitting him over the head and said, Clyde, why did you blow my new tea kettle up? He said, hush woman, when those things grow up, they'll run you down, <laughs> amen. <laughs> and I want to say this in all seriousness, some of y'all need to smile, and we and really did. And uh, I want to tell you this, sin grows up, it'll run you down. Sin will take you a lot lower than you ever thought it would. Sin will hurt you a lot more than you ever thought it would. I'll tell you what, the more I visit, the more I uh, deal with folks, I see how horrible the end of sin is. And I could bring up some testimonies, but I'll just say this, the most priceless thing in the world is a soul. You ought to keep winning souls. It's only hope for their sin problem. Amen? Only hope. But the most expensive thing in the world is sin. I could uh, interview, and I will talk one day with Billy Lumpkin. Uh, Sin cost him his life. Dave and Sue Bennett. A terrible night. When I went over to their house and saw Sue in a puddle of blood and a 45 Magnum through the, his 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 skull, and I preached their funeral in this auditorium, I could say sin cost I could talk to uh, Bill Quarles. I'm 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 naming names because they won't mind it. Uh, Bill Quarles, who committed suicide on his front porch, and his his children uh, uh, had to witness that because he got so low. Dads, families, marriages, possessions, freedom, children can be sacrificed because of sin, sin. Psalms 51, we're gonna examine three things real quick. What sin does to you, how to deal with it, and what it took to get rid of it. Number one, I want you to see, first of all, the high cost of committing sin. The high cost of committing sin. In David's life, it all started with the sin of omission. You know the story, I don't have to go in detail about it, but I will for you that haven't read your Bible lately or you don't know the story of David. But the, the year, the part of the year that he was supposed to be out on the front lines leading his soldiers back into battle, he stayed at home because of pride. and said, I don't have to do what God's called me to do. And he looks over the palace and there's this beautiful woman named Bathsheba bathing on her top floor of her house, which was the custom there. And uh, I can tell you probably where his wife Michael was, Second Samuel chapter 6, they were not speaking or sleeping together because he danced before the Lord and she made fun of him. And it said that from that day on, they despised each other. There's the start right there. And I want you to know he uh, took her in and committed adultery with her, which is a terrible sin. Can you say amen? It's still a terrible sin. And I want to tell you something. She conceived, and he had to cover the sin, so he brought Uriah back from the front lines, and he said, hey, listen, go, go be with your wife and take a holiday. And uh, he wouldn't do it. He said, hey, if my men are out there fighting, I'll sleep in your uh, service quarters. I'm not going to be with my wife. So David had a problem. He couldn't cover his sin. So he got him drunk. He got him drunk now, and he said, no, go be with your wife. Even drunk. Uriah said, I will not go home. I'm staying right here. And, uh, and then he really had a problem. So he sent a letter by his hand to the secretary of war, Joab, and said, in the heat of the battle, I want you to pull back and leave Uriah because he's a brave soldier and a brave general. He will not back down for anyone and leave him out there and uh, let him be killed. And He was. The Bible says that the thing that he did in Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 27 it says, but the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Even though he took Bathsheba in as one of his wives and concubines, which was never God's um, plan, it's one wife uh, was his plan, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve and Eve and Eve and Eve, and Steve and Steve, excuse me, Adam and Adam and Adam, you know, well, Steve Gregory, listen to this, I'm in trouble. But I want you to know, friend, it's one, one man, one wife for a lifetime. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. I don't care what these heathens say about this same-sex marriages and all this uh, transgender junk. It's abomination to God. And if you vote for them, you're going to be held accountable. And I just want you to know this, friend. Sin is still sin. And we need to stand with the book. But I want you to see the high cost of committing sin. After he committed that sin, he had sti- uh, the sin stigmatized his eyes. I want you to look at verse three. I don't think that's a word stigmatized, but it, maybe it is. But look at verse three, it says, for I acknowledge my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. Folks, David could not see anything but his sin. You know why? A guilty conscience. He saw Uriah dying on that battlefield every night. He saw that dear Bathsheba as now his wife, so unhappy because she missed her hero, her love of her life, Uriah. He saw that every day, and sin distorts our vision of God and of values. Sin will, sin will uh, cause you to compromise what's right, what is absolutely right, and what is biblical and what is scriptural. Then it magnifies other faults. It's amazing how hypocrites are the most critical people in the world. And folks, you ought to get the telephone pole out of your own eye before you try to get the toothpick out of somebody else's eye. Say amen right there, toothpick holders. But I want to say this. Thank God the Lord uh, looks at your life and he knows exactly where you're at. And so you can magnify yourself by finding the worst sinner you can to compare yourself, but you need to compare yourself with God. And then it minimizes our own. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something. It it signifies the mind in such a way that, or the eyes that you you just uh, think that you're okay because everybody else is doing it. We can't read our Bible when sin is in our life. If you regard iniquity, he, uh, he'll not hear you, can't pray, and you certainly can't worship, and you surely can't be a witness and be a soul winner, because sin blocks that, because you don't see right. Then number two is, uh, it stupefies the mind. I'm going to make every one of you from Alabama mad now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reveal what's happening over at the University of Alabama. And it's probably happening in the University of Georgia, but I'm sure the University of Georgia's. Just having social distance Bible studies—that's all they're doing. But anyway, uh, you'll get that later. They're really not. They're heathen too, probably. But uh, <clears throat> I want you to—I want you to know that uh, it makes you really stupid. Sin makes you stupid. I know I know, shouldn't use that word. And I got rebuked by some mother. You shouldn't use that word. But I want to tell you something. There's no other word for it than being an idiot. I mean, folks, listen. Sin. It was, so, it was so obvious uh, after the speech that our president gave, and they were attacking the, the, uh, the uh, senator, I guess it was, uh, Paul Rand, and he's the one that defended what they were, they were crying out for him, and they were trying to attack him, and I thought, man alive, lock them all up. Amen. Law and order <laughs> still should stand. You know, and he said, hey, he said, he said, man, I was trying to help them. I'm the one that passed the bill, and they're trying to attack me. See, sin doesn't make sense. Sin makes you really ignorant. Isaiah 26, three says, thou will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be careful of nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep and garrison your mind. It'll guard your mind from stinking thinking. Amen? From bad thinking. And folks, I want to tell you something. When you sin, you can't think like you used to. Anxiety. David was anxious. David had tension. You know, when I went back to the camp meeting a couple of years ago, um, maybe three or four years ago and preached, I saw on a big banner behind the the, uh, uh, choir, it was Psalms 119, 165. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And man, that verse spoke to my heart, especially in that context. Because I thought that group was against everything. And I thought that group was against bus ministry. And I thought that group was against me because I had been caught in a crossfire trying to help a family that came out of that church several years ago that they didn't think I should help. And you know something? God changed their heart to realize, hey, it's not about the fight, it's fighting the devil. And it's fighting sin. And when I saw that verse, I felt right at home. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Are you there yet? Some of you already got offended this morning. (laughs) That's right. You have. If you had your mask off, you'd be frowning, but you're disguising it. Amen. It's amazing what we can get away with those masks on. Amen. We can frown the whole time, nobody can see it. But, folks, you can't think as you used to. You're anxious. You have tension with other people, you're nervous. You're preoccupied with self. See, the whole reason that David's sin is found in 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 12 where it says, you've despised my commandments, thus you've despised me. He said, David, I gave you everything. And thank God there was a preacher named Nathan that came along and says, thou art the man. And he was blind to that little parable about uh, the man that stole all the sheep, which was uh, David still in uh, that had all the sheep. David had all these concubines, whatever that is, and all those wives, which was against the law of God. And, he, and, he, and, and then he stole the one ewe lamb by Sheba, the man that had one little lamb. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll kill him and he'll restore fourfold. And Nathan looked at him, and I like when a preacher points at you. Nathan looked at him and says, thou art the man. Amen, for a preacher that'll preach against sin. Thank God for a preacher that'll call sin, sin, and not be ashamed to preach the word of God. And he said, well, I'm the man, why did I sin? And David started teaching, Nathan started teaching him and said, you've despised my commandments. You know what that means, count it as ordinary. This book is not ordinary. This book is not just a book. This is the word of God. This is God's word. And then he said, thus you have despised me. So the way you treat this book is the way you treat God. So now you know why David got in this shape. He's preoccupied with self. He despised the Lord because he loved himself. He's the king, and nobody's going to tell me to go fight a battle. And I've had—I got about six or seven wives, maybe 20 or 30, and i got some concubines. I'll take her right now because I like the way she looks, especially naked. Amen. Girls, you need to be modest because men are excited by sight. Yeah, let's preach against that a little while. Everybody wants to attract the opposite sex with the flesh. You ought to attract them spiritually. Now, I'm not saying some people have blamed this whole thing on Bathsheba. Isn't that just like a man blaming everything on a woman? Come on, ladies, that's your time to say amen. 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 But I don't think Bathsheba was to blame. I believe it was the king that lusted after her and was tempted. And temptation is not a sin. But then he said, Come on up here. And he took her. And they had sex. And they conceived. And then he had to cover it. So, folks, it stupefies the mind. I think it's crazy what some young people are doing and some older people are doing during this pandemic. They went back to college over in Tuscaloosa, I think that's where it is, they're not gonna shut that college down because it's one million dollars every two days that the community makes on Alabama being open. Might be more than that, might be a B, I don't know. It's a millions and millions of dollars that they make, so they're not gonna shut it down no matter what. But I wanna tell you something, friend, they've got masks on in class, they got social distance in class, and every night, those frats, those stupid fraternities, that everybody wants to be a part of. Those wicked, ungodly parties are taking place. People are having sex. People are drinking out of the same glass. People are snugging up close to each other. And there's 1,200 cases just in the college and I think another 2,000 in the city because they're not going to stop partying. Folks, sin will cost you. You say, well, I'm afraid what's going to happen over Dalton College. Well, if they don't party, they'll be all right. If they party, we're in trouble. Amen. It's hard to go to class. I'm all for it. I think you ought to get out of the house. But I am dead set against drinking parties at night. Carousing and hugging up and going to bed before you're married with the opposite sex. Folks, God could judge this whole world if we don't wake up. Say amen. Sin's the blame for the problem over in Birmingham. Now, I know over in Athens, they're all having Bible studies and they're socially distanced. Did y'all believe that? You was born as in South Georgia with me, amen, thank God. Party, 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 no matter what. Some people have COVID parties. They party just to see who can catch it first. They make beds. Folks, I want to tell you something. If I had a kid doing that, I'd bring them home and never and lock them up and never let them out until they're 48, 48 years old. <laughs> say amen. amen. Praise God. I'm just saying, friend, it stupefies the mind. I'm alliterating so I can use that word say amen right there. Number three, it stops the ears. Look at verse eight. It says, make me to hear joy and gladness. Make me to hear joy and gladness. You know what it's saying? I can't hear I can't hear, I can't hear. He was deaf to the sound of joy. He was deaf to the message from heaven. He was deaf to the quench, he quenched the spirit of God, the the message of sweet peace. You know what will keep you going during this time? Peace from the Holy Spirit. Say amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. You're deaf to the word of God if you have sin in your life. How many... We'll be very, very honest. You've got in a fight on the way to church. Don't raise your hand. You've got in a fight on the way to church sometime when you were coming to church. You know, Junior lost his sock, and all Hades broke out trying to find that sock. Say amen. Come on. I mean, I had twins. I know exactly what it's like to lose socks. We've lost pants before. We've lost skirts before. We've lost it all. Amen. And we've lost our minds, but we got it back. Amen. Praise God. We lose the joy of it. (laughs) <laughs> and you fussed all the way to church, and then you came in, and you looked up at Brother Randy and said, you know, he's off today. Praise God. He must have had a fight with his wife. I mean, he, that is the sorriest singing I ever heard in my life, and Miss Rebecca, that is off tune, and Miss Trudy, that is totally a crummy organ playing, and, you, and then the preacher gets up, and you're really bored with him, I'm gonna tell you something. It's not the preacher. It's not the deacon standing in the prayer. Need of, it's me that's standing in the need of prayer. Say so amen. And if we got sinner in our life. We can't hear. We can't think. And we can't see. It all happened to David. And then it sickened his body. Look at verse eight. Last half. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. I gotta hurry. Psychosomatic illness. Mental health is important how many of you have got mental health problems don't raise your hands and don't point at your husband but i want to tell you something friend there's a lot of people that are going through mental crisis say amen i mean i visited recently and a little girl looks up there a little boy looks up at me i'll tell you which one and says you know why i went in the hospital don't you preacher And I'm going to tell you something friend the number 2 killer for our teenagers is suicide. And the number 1 is not corona COVID-19. That's not number 1. Number 1 is drug and alcohol addiction addiction. I don't know where corona is down there. But I know number 2 is suicide because people are losing the desire to even live because sin, sin of unbelief, sin of loneliness, the devil isolates and devours and divides a person. We need each other. And then it soils the heart. Look at verse 10. This is the high cost of committing sin. Don't you ever think you'll get away with sin. Your sin will find you out. Look at verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Oh, folks, sin soils the heart. What's the enemy of every doctor? Germs. They were washing their hands a long time before we were. 20 seconds with soap. I guarantee you half of you are not doing that now because it's got old amen come on say amen I have to make myself and we got a hot water problem in our house it takes 45 seconds for hot water to get there and so I get I'm just gonna do it in cold water praise God put a little soap on I'm going I'm going to town amen praise God I'm getting out of here that's the way I feel and I know that y'all think I'm totally neglectful but I'm gonna say this friend it started out really good I washed my hands before after now my wife carries a little bottle of this stuff you know and every time I move she's Put a little of this on your hand. <laughs> Smells like whiskey, no, not really. Um, <laughs> the, the bad stuff does, amen. Come on. I mean, you know, you just smell it, you get drunk, you don't care, but anyway, listen. Listen, you know, you we, hand sanitizer. And folks, all this stuff's necessary. I think it's not, I don't think it's foolish. And if you think it's foolish, why does the hospital do it? They sure are wasting a lot of time and money. If if, I mean, the what, the hospital's wrong, I know. You're right, the hospital's wrong, I understand. But the enemy for a doctor is germs, dirt. But I'll tell you what his friend is, health. And folks, I want to tell you something. If you're not careful, sin will callous your heart. You'll get a cold heart. That's why in verse seven of Psalms 51, the Bible says, purge me with hyssop, I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And, folks, the only thing that'll wash you is not this hand sanitizer, not this soap, and 20 seconds of warm water. It's the blood of Jesus. Amen? Only thing that'll cleanse your heart is the blood of Jesus. That's why it's so absurd to think you're saved by baptism. Church of Christ, wake up, please. You're not saved by some work. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. You picture what saves you, say amen. Water washing your sins away. My goodness. Don't get me started on that thing. He had a steadfast, joyful, Zaya spirit. It's the spirit of God, little s, disposition. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, be not drunk with wine, we're in excess, but be you filled with the spirit of God. And then the next verse says, Making melody in your heart unto the Lord, joy. You lose your joy and you lose your peace, you better get out the Bible and see where you're sinning. Because folks, God's will is for you to be joyful. God's will is for you to be joyful, peaceful, and have peace of God. Then number six, the high cost of committing sin is it separates the brethren. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 11, please. Y'all like my outline? I took a little time say amen, praise God. I don't think I'll ever go back not to have an outline on the, on the, on the video because it looks so much better than my face. But I want you to look at this. It separates the brethren. The Bible says in Psalms 51, verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. See, in the old days, the Holy Spirit came and went. But after John 14, Jesus said, I'm going up, he's coming down, and he'll abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit will never depart from you, Now, you can depart from the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will not depart from you. You can quench the Holy Spirit, and he cannot be president and just be resident, and you can let let him try to be your your slave, but I wanna tell you something, he wants you to let him be Lord. And by the Spirit of God, you can call him Lord, and by the Spirit of God, you can crown him Lord. And by the Spirit of God, you can submit to him as Lord. Without the Spirit of God, you will rebel. Come on, say amen right there. You will be selfish. And so, folks, I want to tell you something. Out of fellowship with God is terrible. The most lonely, dejected, miserable person in the world is a backslider because you know better. You've been there. You've done that. You've been close to God. Now you're not. You're miserable. David was miserable. He couldn't hear. He couldn't think. He couldn't see. He felt sick. and his heart was cold, his heart was distant. And he couldn't pick up the harp and play it. And folks, I want to tell you something. He was separated from God, but he was separated from others. I bet he had marital problems, I guarantee you. You got sin in your life, it'll, it'll show up in your relationships. I bet he had kid problems, and that, and you know he did. Absalom killed Amnon, Amnon raped Tamar. The illegitimate baby died. Oh friend, he had a lot of family problems because of sin, sin. Then it sours your spirit, look at verse 12. Verse 12, Psalms 51, getting something out of this. It says, restore to me the joy of my salvation, uphold with me thy free spirit. Joy, free spirit. You know folks, sinners are cranky and crabby say amen i hope i don't get old and, cr- and cranky you ever you ever met an old person aah, 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 you know, just gripe all the time if they smile their face would crack in three places you know you ever met somebody like that i don't want to grow old like that Connie, if i start acting like that just shoot me no don't shoot me uh just 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 let's retire and go off into the sunset somewhere i don't want to be a Cranky, crabby, old grump. How many ever met one, right? Don't look at him. A uh, uh, grump. Well, ought to be happy people. We well, ought to be smiling once in a while. Say amen. And folks, joy is an evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God. Galatians 5 22 says uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, what? Joy, and peace. Love, joy, peace. It goes on meekness, temperance, faith. It's wonderful. Sin is a leech. Sin will bind you. Sin will choke you. Sin will sap you of your joy. Just try to live in sin. and You put a, you put a little smile on your face, but you're faking it because you're not happy if you're not right. And you're not happy unless you're holy. Say amen. You wonder why you have such a hard, horrible day. Try reading the Bible before you start the day. Try praying for a while. Try going to church. (laughs) Praise God. What a wonderful day it is to come to church. The trevor was weeping while he was announcing they couldn't have school. Have to have it online. Find $15,000 this week. $5,000 for Sunday morning, $5,000 for Sunday night, and $5,000 for Wednesday night. For what? Singing. God help us. If they do that in Georgia, I promise you, I'm going down to the Capitol and sing on the top step. Call me a rebel, call me whatever you want to, I'm singing for Jesus. Now I'm not gonna sing in your face. When uh, uh, Chris was preaching, he got in my face and started spitting all over me, I tried to find my mask and I couldn't find it. I said, Get out of my face, boy. Done all this careful stuff and you're right in my face spitting on me. But it was good preaching. <laughs> amen. I went, home, washed wash my face. No, amen. What a blessing. And then last but not least, sin will cost you your testimony. It'll silence your testimony. Look at verse 13. Isn't this a wonderful chapter of confession? Then, I love that word then. Then will I teach transgressors Thy way and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Then. Folks, you'll get spiritual lockjaw if you have sin in your life. The holy bonus will leave your life, because folks, we have a bad, we have a breastplate of righteousness, which is a badge of courage in the battle. The devil's accuser of the brethren. When you got sin in your life, when you start trying to go soul-winning, witness, preach, teach, the old accuser says, Hey, wait a minute, what about that? What about that attitude? What about that bitterness? What about that lack of forgiveness? What about that griping? What about this? What about that? And accuses me. You know what I'm saying? I want to go home. I don't want to preach. Folks, you lose your influence. David lost his influence. 2 Samuel chapter 12, turn with me there, to verse 14. I know our time's running out. I try to be brief because all the babies are in here. But it ain't worked yet, but I'm trying. But look at verse 14. It says Second 2 Samuel 12. You can go back up to verse 9 and circle despise. And verse 10, circle despise. That means counted as little value. That's why David sinned. Because he counted the word of God as little value. He should have never been lusting over Bathsheba. He should have been on the front lines. But look at verse 12. How be it because I by this, verse 14, excuse me, Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion for the, enemy of the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, and then the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And he did die. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. I don't want to be a stumbling block. So I want to be right with God, so I won't be a stumbling block to you. Over these 43 years, 47 years of preaching, 43 years of pastoring, I've tried to live right, tried to set the example. I don't ask my wife, but I'm not perfect. She thinks I am half the time, but half the time she knows I'm not. But I sure wanna be forgiven, and I sure wanna be honest, and I wanna be fruitless, and I wanna keep my focus not on this sensual world because everybody else is doing it, I'm gonna do it. I must be clean, and I must be clear, and I must be forgiven because we're just channels of blessings to a lost and dying world. Don't lose your testimony. David did. And then we see the high cost of confessing sin in closing. Verse three. Here it is. For I acknowledge, you with me now, Psalms 51, circle this whole verse. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin, my sin is ever before me. He didn't say y'all sin because I know David was probably a Southerner. He didn't say you all sinned. He wasn't from Tennessee. He didn't say we have sinned. He said I have sinned. He didn't blame it on Saul. He didn't blame it on Bathsheba. And he didn't blame it on his wife, which most of us do, Micah. He said I have sinned. Folks, take sole responsibility of your Christian life. I know the Lord's responsible, but I want to tell you something. He wants you to be responsive to his conviction. How many thank God for conviction? Say amen. Hey, if you, you know how, how you know you're saved? You're convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin bothers you. And if sin doesn't bother you, you better check up and see if you know Jesus as your Savior. It's easy to say everyone else is doing it. I'm sure that party crowd over there saying everybody else is doing it. All the college campuses are doing All these college kids are doing I know some college kids aren't. I know some college kids are living for God. I know some college kids are having Bible study. I know some people are witnessing. I know some people take tracks to college. Amen, I do. Thank God for them. So it's not everybody's doing it. But folks, I want you to realize, second of all, the spiritual definition of confession. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we got the problem with definition here because some people think confess means this, Lord, I've sinned, I'm sorry, but I'll do it again. That's not confession. Let me give you the definition of confession. It is to say the same thing about your sin that Jesus says about it. It's to judge your sin as God judges it. And see your sin as God sees it and realize that sin put Jesus on the cross. That's confession. And so when you confess your sin, you'll say, Lord, that sin put you on the cross. I'm very sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm gonna tell you what, we need to have some deep confession in our soul. Look at verse five. You wanna see some deep cons- cons- confession? Psalms 51, verse five. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my father, mother conceive me. He was not saying he was an illegitimate child. He was saying, I have a sinful nature. I was a sinner when I came out of the womb. And I have to deal with it. And so do you. Shallow confession is of no avail. True confession costs you something. Number one, it's godly sorrow. Second Corinthians 7.10 that leads to repentance. I want to close with this. I want you to see it. Verse 17 of Psalms 51. It says this. The sacrifice of God or a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. It says in verse 16, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. You know what that's saying? Religion is not enough. Offering a sacrifice on the altar is not enough. Coming to the church is not enough. Telling your sins in some booth to another sinner that calls himself a father is not enough. I said it's not enough. No man can forgive your sins. No man. Only Jesus. Why? Because he took your sin dead. Folks, it leads to Repentance. Folks, not despising our sin, saying, well, it's just an ordinary sin. Everybody's doing it. No, it's seeing it as God sees it. And then last but not least, the high cost of cleansing sin. The high cost of cleansing sin. Look at verse 16 and 17 again. It says, thou desirest not sacrifice, religion. But the sacrifice of God, verse 17, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, thou will not despise. So he despised the word and then despise God but he said God wouldn't count his little value when he got on his knees and had a broken heart and a true confession and got right with God. There's no substitute that'll do for forgiveness except the blood of Jesus, only way. God will blot out your sins. Look what he prayed in verse one. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Please blot it out. Look at verse 9. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. That's true confession. God will forgive. Aren't you glad? But the reason God will forgive is Jesus took your sin debt. Jesus took your sin debt. Not Martin Luther, not King. Martin Luther, the great uh, reformer and the great Man of God, once had a dream, and he wrote a sermon about it, that all his sins were listed on a blackboard. Then all of a sudden, this nail-pierced hand dripping with blood came across that blackboard and erased every sin that he'd ever committed. That's exactly what happened when you got saved. That's exactly what takes place when you ask God to forgive you. He'll forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Don't you love 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19? It says, for as much as you're, you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your father's religion, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Folks, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, that he that knew no sin became sin for you that you might be made the righteousness of God in him. Romans 6, 23 says, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Folks, somebody had to die, and Jesus took your place. The high cost, the high cost of cleansing sin is Jesus paying your sin debt. The high cost of cleansing your sin is not religious works. It's not reformation. The cost is Calvary. The cost is Calvary. Folks, get it in your heart that folks' sin is to be uh, abhorred and forsaken. It ought to be a big deal when you sin I heard this illustration. A wonderful a person came in your house with a knife. That knife was held by some crazy maniac and he went into your children's room and pierced your children through the heart. And the blood drained out of them. And then he ran from your house and he dropped that bloody knife on the driveway, and after the police came, they picked up that knife. And you said, no, let me have that knife. I want to clean it off. I want to put it in my trophy case. I want to keep that knife. No, you wouldn't want to look on that knife. You would, You would. would. It would turn your stomach. And folks, I want to tell you something. You'd say, get that thing out of my sight. Get it out of my life. I don't want to see it. Folks, I want to say this, sin is the knife that killed our Lord. Sin is the reason that he went to the cross. So we must forsake it. We must abhor it. We must hate it. We must abstain from it. David knew he didn't didn't deserve forgiveness, but praise God, he knew that he was forgiven because Jesus was wounded for his transgressions, that Jesus was bruised for his iniquities, and that Jesus bore his iniquity. Thank God for the true cleansing of sin through the blood of Jesus. So there's a high cost. There's a high cost. And the next time you're tempted to sin, first make a visit to Calvary and see what sin did to Jesus. And you'll forsake it, you'll abhor it, and you'll abstain from it. There's a high cost of, Committing sin, it'll affect your whole life. It'll affect others. It'll keep you lower and longer than you ever thought. It'll hurt you more than you ever thought. Then there's a high cost of confessing sin. You don't just call it sin. You repent of it. You look at it as Jesus looks at it. You see that sin put him on the cross. And then there's a high cost of cleansing sin. His blood cleanses from all unrighteousness. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message because it's so wonderful to know that David got right. That David got right. The reason he got right, his heart got right because he saw his sin through your eyes. And he repented. and and, and, And I believe he did the first works and got faithful. Wrote a lot of the Psalms after this confession. And Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. With every head bowed, every eye closed. How I many say, Preacher, I'm glad one day I was saved, saved, saved. Past tense, present tense, and future tense. And I'm forgiven by the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus. And I'm so glad I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? All over this auditorium. How I many glad you saved say amen? Isn't it wonderful? That's why we worship this morning. He's done for us what we can never do for ourselves. There's several that couldn't raise your hand you'd say, Preacher, please pray for me. I'm not saved, but I sure would like to be. Would you slip your hand up for prayer? I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. i want to do the most I can do for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone? Let I me mean, say, preacher, I'm saved, but sin's not exceedingly simple to me like it should be. And I just want to be thoroughly right with God. I don't want to hold a grudge. I don't want to get bitter. I don't want to, I don't want to indulge in secret sins when nobody's around and nobody knows but God knows I just want to be right with God so my testimony will be real so I can hear from heaven so I can enjoy the presence of God and I just want to be thoroughly right with God this morning I want you to pray for me would you slip your hand up real high for prayer anyone just want to be thoroughly right with God God bless you ma'am and you ma'am you sir God bless you anybody else just slip your hand up I just want to be thoroughly right with God there's some secret sins in my life there's some sins of omission in my life. I don't like to read my Bible like I used to. I don't want to come to church as I used to. And I know it's a sin. It's a lack of faith. And I just want you to pray for me, preacher. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you, ma'am. I appreciate your honesty and I appreciate your listening. Somebody else? Yes, sir. I see that hand. God bless you, sir. Love you. God bless you. Thank God for you. Anyone else? So I just want to be thoroughly right with God. Because I want to be the daddy that God wants me to be. I want to be the husband. God bless you, sir. In the back, I see that hand. God bless you, sir. Anybody else? I want to tell you something. If this message does not get your attention about sin, what is going on in your life to stop you from hearing the word? Maybe some of you at home listening by way of the internet, you can get right with God right where you're sitting. Right right, Right on your couch good place to get saved it's a good place to get right with God is in your home I hope you'll come back but praise God you listened this morning you can get right right now maybe you'd like to lift your hand right there you say, well you're not here you can't see through my house aren't you glad but praise God the Lord can you ought to raise it to him and say Lord I'm getting right with God I'm getting everything right father thank you for your presence thank you for your powerful word thank you dear God for this confession May we deal thoroughly with conviction when it comes upon us. Lord, I pray that you turn it up during these days where everybody's doing it and it's accepted and we're made fun of for standing for God. We're looked at odd when we want to be holy. God help us. God help us to keep an ear open to what you say about our sin. We'll praise you and thank you for the forgiveness We want to love you and praise you for the blood this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.